When the whole family comes together to watch the game, nobody wants to miss a second of the action to run to the grocery store. With Instacart, you can get all your weekly groceries in as fast as an hour. Less time shopping means more game time. Let's go. Visit instacart.com to get free delivery on your first three orders. Offer valid for a limited time. $10 minimum per order. Additional terms apply. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. We're about to take a quick pivot. I'm excited for this next one. Joining me for the first time on the North Olmstead Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram Hotline, he is the host of the Locked On Browns podcast. My man, Jeff Lloyd. Jeff, what's going on? Thank you so much, man, for joining me this Sunday. No problem at all. No problem at all. How are we doing today? I'm doing pretty good, man. How are you? We are doing good. We are doing good. It was nice to actually have, you know, something to talk to, you know, over the weekend here with the Browns' first preseason game. Uh, you know, we tried to do the best we can, but, you know, we are not people who work on court TV, so to speak, if you know what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, man. We want to talk football. People say, uh-uh. <laughs> <laughs> it's not something that they're talking about. So, Jeff, man, my first question to you is, you know, we all know that Nick Harris – uh is unfortunately gone for the season. I think he put in a lot of work to put himself in a position to be the Brown starting center, and I was really looking forward to see what his contribution could be. So now that that's over with, if I'm J.C. Treader, right, and we know Tampa Bay is down two centers, am I going to, you know, pay no state tax in Florida and play with the GOAT Tom Brady, or am I considering Cleveland again even though they let me go? What am I doing? If I'm J.C. Shredder, the difficult spot that J.C. is going to be in here is that one of his best friends, and we actually had the opportunity to talk with Joel Batonio once on the podcast a couple of years ago. The relationship between Joel and J.C. runs really, really deep. Um, so is it, you know, going to Tampa Bay? Is it going to the unknown? Or is it, you know, basically going back, you know, to your friends? I mean, look, there's no play deck, there's no playbook to learn if he goes back to Cleveland. There's no newness to anything. He basically walks in the building and goes back to business the way it was. Um, so for JC, it's, you know, it, it's a difficult spot. Obviously, it's always nice to have options. Um, the one thing he can look at with Cleveland, though, is knowing you know his injury history and how bad his knees are. That the Browns are more than willing to understand the fact that you know practice time for JC Treader is not a lot. Um, it's really probably for me if I'm JC Treader, the best situation is probably to go where I'm comfortable, know where I'm taken care of basically as opposed to maybe going behind a mystery door. But, I mean, we'll see how it plays out. I mean, you know, with Tampa, there's probably been opportunities. There's been talks. Tampa's been in this situation for a couple of weeks now. Um, but, you know, obviously he knows the opportunity and knows everything that, you know, goes on with Cleveland. So it basically, you know, it wouldn't be like he was missing a beat at all. What type of contract would he be looking for? Because, you know, again, you know, Cleveland released him due to his cap number. And I remember when that happened with Jarvis, uh, there's reports out there that, you know, when it came down to it, we had a, a better offer on the table than New Orleans, but because of how everything played itself out, he still chose New Orleans. So, you know, if J.C. wanted to trade, wanted to pick Cleveland, should I say, is there a number out there that he will be willing to accept seeing how the situation played out? I think you're probably looking at, you know, some sort of, you know, better in one year, maybe, you know, four or five million 
a lot of incentives based on playing time, obviously. You know, always a question with J.C. He always seems to make it to game day. It's always, you know, we hear a lot of all week long, questionable, 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 questionable. You know, shows up on Friday, is able to at least be out there for the walkthrough and always finds a way to gut it out every game day. So I think something like that. Um, you know, with J.C., obviously there's so much, you know, that involves, you know, where he stands as far as the Players Association and the work he has to do there. Um, I think that's probably the money you're talking about. And, you know, I mean, whatever the Browns' initial offer is, I'm sure J.C. Treader's camp is going to ask for a little bit more, rightfully so, from their end. Um, but I, for me, I mean, you have Ethan Prosis in here, but, you know, former first-round pick, but it never worked out for him as a starter in the league. Um, you can't, with a team with this very much expectations, expect the seventh-round pick uh, that they did select who's got experience at center. You can't expect to just have him come in and take over. It just seems the best situation for both parties involved at this time, Earl. I definitely agree with you on that. So moving on, Anthony Schwartz. We we all know what his rookie season entailed. Um, you know, the injuries, the lack of confidence, the lack of targets when he, he was out there. And then we seen him in the first preseason game, and a lot of people like to overreact to it. And I am a person that believes that it's going to be hard for him to make it you know, through camp and to make it onto the 53-man roster. Am I pushing it a little bit? Is is he in danger of being cut? I don't know if we're going to say he's in danger of being cut yet. Um, Friday night certainly did not do himself any favors. Um, You know, two, you know, two drops early. And, you know, the big thing is, is, you know, with the two drops, you're wide open. So, I mean, it's like he's doing – you know, 95% of what he needs to do. Obviously, that last 5% is the most important, catching the ball, turning up field, getting to use that 4-2 speed that the Browns covet and truly think you know, that he can bring to them a difference maker within the wide receiver room that they don't have in other guys. Um, but part of the problem is, is, you know, putting a guy out on the field who's got issues with drops, you find quarterbacks, you know, even you see him open, Sometimes you're not going to throw it because in the back of your mind is, is this not going to work out the way we need to work it out? I mean, the way, the way we need it to work out. So that becomes difficult. I think the other thing for Anthony is that hit he took last year in New England, and it was a severe hit. He was out for numerous weeks with a concussion. I, I, I've been that route. One of the most difficult things to do is to get back out on that field. And, you know, it, it's really, really hard to basically block it out. You know there's defenders out there. You know they're coming for you. You know, the old line from coaches, oh, they're going to hit you anyway, so catch it. A lot of times, you know, that, that practice is a lot easier said than done. Um, you know, I think for Anthony, I, I think just one significant play, and I think that's just going to slow everything down for him. He'll get back into the groove. Look, he's got to make one, though. I mean, there's just no question about it. But I think Anthony Schwartz, just one, one key play, and I think it's just going to get him calmed down. You know, you get a situation like this, Sometimes it gets in your head and you can't get it out of your head. And I kind of think that's the difficult spot that Anthony Schwartz is in right now. So Anthony Schwartz, you know, you said a lot of good stuff on him. This is uh, Jeff Lloyd on the Locked On Browns podcast joining me right now on the North Olmstead Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram Hotline. We look at Donovan Peoples-Jones, right? And this is a guy who, you know, I've been very high on. I thought last year would be a breakout season for him. You know, he had the penalty. He had the missed block. We look at David Bell hasn't really been able to get on the field much since he's been drafted. When we did see flashes of uh, Michael Woods, now he's dealing with a hamstring. You look at this Browns wide receiving core, and to me, there's a lot of potential there. But a potential is just a bunch of things that you have not done yet. And outside of Amari Cooper, I don't think 
the collective group have a thousand yards combined. Is there any chance that the Browns can add a veteran like an Emmanuel Sanders, like a Will Fuller or a Cole Beasley towards the handicap as we transition into the season? Well, I have to think, you know, after Friday night, obviously those thoughts, if they are there in the Browns' heads, they're certainly picking up. Uh, you have to. I mean, there's just no way around it. You know, Schwartz with a couple of disappointing drops. Donovan Peoples-Jones didn't really get an opportunity as a wide receiver. Um, you know, but getting beat on that blitz, which caused a turnover, uh, combating that by your next opportunity blocking, you know, to get a hold. And was it, you know, holds like that, you know, it's a difficult spot because, yes, it technically – it was a hold. He did commit the penalty. But by the time the flag was thrown, the play was established. It didn't change anything. He had the initial block. He kind of held on a little bit too long. Um, you know, you want your wide receivers to block. You need your wide receivers to block. But I don't think we're going to, at the end of the day, you know, Donovan Peoples-Jones basically hurt his standing in that wide receiver room due to his blocking on Friday night. Um, but you do need and you do want to see from Donovan. Look, we went through this last summer where all the talk of summer camp was how great Donovan Peoples-Jones was doing. And it translated to improved success last season. It's hard to say how much of that didn't work out for Donovan, you know, due to all, you know, all the issues that were at the quarterback play. Um, and it's really tough to say for Donovan Peoples-Jones, who was a former six-round pick, you know, oh, no, he should absolutely turn into a, number, you know, a wide receiver number two. That's not the case. That's not where he was drafted. For the Browns, it would be great if he did turn into a true number two wide receiver. But, you know, at the same time, maybe saying that could be putting the expectations too high. But either way, you know, Donovan Peoples-Jones, you're going to need to see a big spike in production here. You know, you will hope you're getting a guy who can maybe give you closer to that 50 reception mark. We know he brings a lot, a lot of production vertically down the field, which this team is going to need. You know, Amari Cooper, yes, he can get deep, but a lot of his, you know, where he makes his money is between the hash marks, is over the middle. Um, you really, really need Donovan Peoples-Jones to get a big, big uptick in production this year. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. I think that's what a lot of fans are are banking on, right? You know, this is a guy who had a lot of potential uh, when, you know, he signed uh, with Michigan to go play football there. Of course, that potential was untapped due to the structure of that football team. And we've just been waiting on him to break out. Uh, speaking of young guys, you know, MJ Emerson, man, he showed a lot of the athleticism. He showed, you know, pretty much why he's considered a, a pretty damn good corner. Talk about his performance from the game. Uh, and, you know, you look at him, you look at another young corner as an A.J. Green. These are young guys that are stepping up and and taking the most of their taking advantage of the opportunities given to them. Talk about MJ Emerson and, and AJ Green and their development. I think the one thing you see when you first, even if you just watch them on the field, MJ Green, AJ, I'm sorry, MJ Emerson, AJ Green, they bring length. They're bigger corners than Denzel Ward. They're thicker corners than Greg Newsom. So, you know, for the Browns, obviously, you know, the size with athleticism with both those players is something that you, you just can't turn away from. You can't deny. I mean, you want to talk about a third-round pick having a debut in a preseason game. I mean, it's almost like a Cinderella script the way it worked for MJ Emerson. Obviously, gave up completion early. You know, then basically was like, all right, I'm here. This is football. I've done this my entire life. Um, then got himself acclimated. A really, really nice stop in run defense on a ball carrier. One of the things that we really took away from the film from his time at Mississippi State was – he appeared to be a solid physical corner, one that was going to contribute and run support. But, I mean, the absolute interception and taking it to the house, I mean, one-on-one -on -one with a player, um, it kind of almost looked like a basketball scrum. MJ Emerson basically just ripped it away. 
and then the wherewithal, the presence of mind to not from there, you know, throw a stiff arm, juke a quarterback, take it to the house. Uh, you know, for a guy who could potentially be the Browns' fourth or fifth cornerback, you got something really, really special from you know Martin Emerson. And AJ Green is a guy who's developed over the last couple of years. The Browns like him; they love him. He plays with confidence, um, plays with length, and this is a guy that could be a part of this secondary group. You know, for the foreseeable future for the Browns, Joe Woods, you got to just be absolutely giddy with what you have at uh, in the secondary and overall in the defensive backfield. He has got a lot of guys to play. Can Emerson play inside and outside? You know, I was having a conversation the other day, and I was talking about, you know, on the depth chart or or in that nickel package, how will they line up? Is Greedy going to be the current cornerback two next to Denzel? Do they want Greg Newsom, you know, primarily playing as that nickel cornerback, or will he slide out and be the number two corner? How do you envision that that defensive backfield being set up when it's all said and done? I think if you're Joe Woods, you can do whatever you want. I mean, look, you are loaded at the position. And we have talked about this for Denzel's first four years. There's going to be weeks where the Browns play teams and the biggest threat at the wide receiver position is going to be a slot guy. Um, I think now you have enough confidence where you can say, you want to know what? Why don't we just eliminate this and just have Denzel take care of that? Greg Newsom, it looks like he's going to get a lot of the reps there. Martin, and, and this is where it's also a little different. Everybody just thinks of slot receivers and, you know, basically thinks of these five foot 11 guys. You know, we now play in a league where we talk about things like, like big slot. And maybe there's going to be a week or two where you want to put an A.J. Green or a Martin Emerson on that type of guy, do the length that they bring. Um, and you have a lot of variety. And this, I mean, Grant Delpit is even a player you can use in these situations. John Johnson is a player you can use in these situations. And I think for the first time in a while here, Joe Woods is just in a position where he basically can do whatever he wants. And the other thing that's great about it is, is, you know, normally you don't see defensive backs come off the field very often, but for Joe Woods, okay, you know what, man, he's, he's breathing a little heavy. I've got 10 other guys. I've got 11 other defensive backs. Get them off the field for a play. I'm confident in playing any one of these guys. Great stuff. Great stuff there. So the defensive line, I seen Jordan Elliott take a couple steps in the right direction. I know with him being a former third-round pick, that was something that I was looking forward to. You've seen Isaiah Thomas on the defensive line. He made a lot of noise. Uh, Perion Renfrey even generated a lot of pressure when he got his opportunities. And we know like the interior defensive line uh, is question marks there. And then you look at the defensive line as a whole outside of uh, Jadavian Clowney and Miles Garrett, there's a lot of unknown. There's a lot of youth there. But I think they played pretty well. Talk about that that young line. You know, did you like what you saw? Oh, I, I, I couldn't agree with you more. Um, and this was something we talked about post-draft, you know, when we got into it and breaking down all these Browns new players. Even though you drafted Alex Wright in the third round, Alex Wright, 21 years old, it looks like all the potential, everything you want to work with, you know, to build a, a true solid defensive end in this league is there. But at 21, playing at UB, UAB, you understand that there's still maybe some more work to be done with a player like Alex Wright. We actually believe that there was a pass early on where Isaiah Thomas, even though he was a little bit older, ended up getting drafted later, could be a player that could play conceivably before Alex Wright. A little bit more disciplined in run defense, and you saw that. Alex Wright got beat for a keeper by Trevor Lawrence for 11 yards. Um, there was a jet sweep later where Isaiah Thomas didn't fall for anything, kept his eye on the ball made the play and a tackle for loss, and then the game went on. Isaiah Thomas started feeling a little bit more confident. You saw the pass rush ability, you know, turns it into two sacks. Just a great, great effort for a player like that. For a guy who's a seventh-round pick, understands that maybe, maybe nothing is guaranteed to him as far as a roster spot. 
certainly solidified his name to coaches as, hey, look, you give me the opportunity. I know it's not going to be a big opportunity, but I'm going to give you some production. I think the interior, Jordan Elliott, you can physically notice the bigger size. He just looked bigger. You saw that, and, and I still think, you know, I think the refs bailed out Trevor Lawrence. I think Jordan Elliott was there. I think in the regular season, you're going to have to blow that one dead. Otherwise, you're going to get a position where a defensive tackle is throwing a quarterback to the ground. Now you're worried about injuries, things like that. Um, Tommy Togiai, for me, is one that maybe didn't get enough talk from Friday night. Four tackles. And Tommy Togiai, when he came out of Ohio State, the consensus kind of was, kind of was he left too early. He probably needed another year. Well, he got that year under his belt last year in the NFL. Not a ton of playing time. But everybody felt that there was going to be a jump for Tommy Togiai in year two. And the Browns truly need that. They need some guys who can hold off double teams. And there was one significant rep for that for Tommy Togiai. You've got these amazing linebackers behind you. They're all athletic. They all run extremely well. So you've got to keep those guys clean so they can do what Joe Woods needs them to do. And, you know, so overall, Perrion Winfrey, you saw a lot of good energy. But I think it's trending towards maybe your starting defensive tackles week one. Very well could be Jordan Elliott and Tommy Togiai. He's Jeff Lloyd from the Locked On Browns podcast, and he's on a uh, North Homestead Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram hotline. All right, Jeff, I'm going to get you out of here with this. So as of today at 11.17 a.m. Eastern time, we still do not know the fate of one Deshaun Watson and how long the Cleveland Browns will be without him. Now, you know, you've heard the same things I've heard. The Browns should go trade for Jimmy G. Is that something that the Browns should do, or do you think that's something that they could do? And furthermore, if they make that move, is he coming here to start over Jacoby Brissett, or will he be Brissett's backup and, and, until further notice? I think if he's coming here, and, you know, look, I mean, Mary Kay Cabot was the one to leak this out. Mary Kay Cabot, obviously, very, very you know, well-connected as far as this. Um, it, it does give you the first thought process of, is this maybe an indictment of what the Browns have seen from Jacoby Brissett? And notice now that we heard these talks of Jimmy Garoppolo after we heard basically from Roger Goodell that they're pushing for a full year. Do the Browns think that Jacoby Brissett was somebody that could manage six games for them till they got Deshaun Watson back? Do they maybe feel that 17 is not something he can manage for them? If they're making the move for Jimmy Garoppolo, I doubt they're bringing in here to paying him that money to just basically be the plan B to Jacoby Brissett. You have to truly feel that they think he is better, will be better for their offense, I think that's something, and this is what, what bothers me with what's going on. You know, the Browns need an answer. They're due an answer so they can go about their business as far as about how they want to finalize their roster for this season. Um, so, you know, if it's eight games, maybe that's, again, they're not thinking that Jimmy Garoppolo Avenue. If it's 17 games, I think they probably feel that Jimmy Garoppolo for them is a better asset over 17 games than Jacoby Brissett. And it's something they want to explore. But, you know, until they know a final answer, the NFL is not doing them any favors in that respect. Not necessarily that the Browns maybe deserve it, but they're making it really, really hard for the Browns as they go into week two of preseason to put together the plan for the rest of preseason and be ready for September 11th. Tough spot to be in for Cleveland. They're managing the situation the best that they can. But I would think if you hear that it's maybe more than 12 games for Jacoby Brissett, then that Jimmy G coming to Cleveland probably becomes more and more of a realization, yeah. Jeff, man, I definitely appreciate you, man. When is the next podcast dropping? Uh, we'll be out tomorrow morning. Uh, we've always done the PFF wrap from, you know, any preseason games, any regular season games. Garrett Bush and I will be down there 
sitting down with John Costco tomorrow morning, ready to pump that out. It's just so great to actually be able to talk about football again. Um, again, trying to pretend we're legal experts when we're not. Um, we're paid to cover football, and we're getting obviously put in a position now where we can do this again full time. Just looking forward to it, and you know whatever anybody's concern or reservations might be for this Cleveland Brown season, I still think this team is extremely talented, um, regardless of who the quarterback is. And I think you got to see that on the defensive side of the ball uh, Friday night, knowing that some of the top players on that defense didn't even take a snap. It's going to be a good team. This is going to be a really fun team. And for the Browns, most importantly, they needed Friday night. They needed, you know, they needed to understand that they are still going to be a good team. They also needed a chance to feel good about themselves because, you know, deservedly or not deservedly, they've taken a lot of kicks to the gut over this offseason. So that whole organization needed a night where they can go out and feel positive about themselves, and they certainly got that opportunity. My man, Jeff, man, I cannot appreciate you. I can't thank you enough, man. I definitely appreciate you uh, for joining me this Sunday morning. It's been a pleasure, man. I look forward to growing this uh, professional association with you. Thank you. All the best there, and we'll talk soon, my friend. All right, man. That was Jeff Lloyd of the Locked On uh, Browns podcast. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry, built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle, from the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback. There's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models. So no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. And right now, your local Toyota dealer has more vehicles in stock and is making delivery on new vehicles almost every day. So visit your local Toyota dealer. And check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Offers end April 1st. Toyota, let's go places.